Hello, everyone, and welcome to our pastor's podcast, You Asked. Here in the room with us today uh, are Pastor Chris, Pastor Eddie, and second day on the job, Director of Student Ministries, Drew McKay, and I am Pastor Justin. Today, we'll be discussing the following question that was texted in last Sunday. The question was, what do you say to people who have been really hurt by the storms of life to the point that they don't want to worship God if he is responsible? Pastor Eddie, you preached this past Sunday and mentioned a lot about the storms of life. Uh, could you give some additional context on the sermon uh, that leads into this question? Yeah, we opened our summer series in the book of Psalm this past Sunday, and uh, we were looking at Psalm 29, um, which is a psalm of praise, but it's a kind of a unique psalm in that uh, you know David is talking about a lot of storms and things that, that come into life and that um, a recognition of God as king and the worship of God um, is really what grounds us through, you know, the kind of the storms of life that happen. Um, and one of the kind of the things that we we're looking at is just the, the power and the worthiness that is due the Lord um, because he is creator, because he is in control. He is the sustainer of life and all of creation. Um, and just really the benefits for us as people who are created by God, um, why that's so grounding to help us to worship God, to praise God, even when the storms of life just kind of come crashing down on us, um, that it helps us see beyond them, that no matter what's going on, we recognize God is on his throne, God is in control, and um, nothing happens outside of his, his purview. So then, obviously, we, we want to understand that that leads us to a point of praise and can, but that's not always the case. Um, it's not always the case for us personally. Um, it's not always the case for people we know. Yeah. Uh, and so when, when you've had opportunities, just to kind of personalize the question a bit, to interact with people um, where these storms of life cause them to question the, the character of God, perhaps even the existence of God, maybe it's not even a question, it becomes settled against the goodness of God or the very existence of God. How do you um, how do you approach those conversations, Pastor Eddie? Yeah, I, I think it's worth recognizing from the outset that um, it is hard. I mean, when when storms are coming, it's it's. I think from a human standpoint, it's not natural to just automatically be like, "Oh, life's hard. I need to praise God." I think our natural response is to kind of like, kind of clench up to like pull within ourselves. I mean, that's. You know, you're stuck outside and it starts raining. You know, normally we kind of try to cover up. We try and, you know, like kind of hover. Um, so I think that it's kind of worth recognizing that, yeah, it, it is hard. But one of the things that we have to do as followers of Christ is to recognize, to, to see God's authority in all of this. Um, and so kind of having some of those things within your mind that you you rehearse, that you just kind of, I know that this is going on, but I know there's something beyond this. So I think that's why that statement at the end of the psalm is so important of, in his temple, all cry glory. Right? That's a recognition of um, those who know God, right? In his temple, um, they recognize that he is glory, that he is worthy. Um, and then those kind of closing statements of the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. 
the Lord sits enthroned king forever. Um, it might not be something that we feel or that we truly understand, um, but just being able to say it out loud, to be able to um, recognize it, begins to help turn our heart. Certainly. How would you approach that if, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody and you know going into the conversation, the thought of saying that out loud is repulsive, perhaps even offensive to that person. And they're in the midst of the storms of life and you're their, their friend. How do you prepare yourself to go into that conversation? and How are you trying to navigate that conversation? I, I, I think the understanding, you know, you have to know the voice of the Lord for that to be able to work, for the praise and the worship of God to help you through the storm. You, you have to know the voice of the Lord. So if somebody doesn't know the, the sound of God's voice in their life, um, I'm not going to try and get them to, well, you just need to praise God in the midst of the storm. I'm trying to get them to hear the voice of the Lord. Cue the Casting Crown song. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so I'm, that, that's my number one concern is if, it, if the storm is raging, you know, my approach to them is, well, maybe God's using this to speak to you. Maybe he's trying to show you something in life. What is that? What, what's going on? And so a lot of times the questions that I'm going to begin to ask is, what was going on right before the storm happened? What was happening in life as this kind of came into you? What, yeah, circumstances are swirling around you, but what's swirling in your soul? What are the, what are the other questions that you're struggling with? And begin to use those things to, be, to allow them to hear the voice of the Lord. And I think, I, you know, I kind of began there with the sermon of saying, you know, the first thing we've got to realize is that the Lord is word. God speaks. God is hearable. Um, he is not a silent, passive, inactive God. He's knowable. He, he can be heard. He does speak to our problems. He is um, caring, you know. You think back to the burning bush. Was the first thing he says to Moses is, I've heard my people's cries. Um, and he responds in accordance to them. So that's normally, if somebody's coming with a question like that of like, hey, I've been hurt by this, so the storm's here, and I don't feel God. I don't know if I really know that he is in, in his throne. Um, okay, well, let's back up a little bit. What are the other things going on? What might he be using these things to, to help you hear himself? So what I hear you saying there is there's a, a theological response in the life of the believer. In the life of, of a believer. Of recognizing praise to God in the midst of. And... And then there's an apologetic response, probably also in the life of the believer, but also in the life of the unbeliever of recognizing larger things at play here. Um, and you begin to talk about the you know, the third thing I want to say of there's a an aspect of listening and hearing where the person's at because these questions are often framed as a an intellectual cognitive objection to God that he would allow these things to happen. Um, and usually there's a lot of pretty deep soul work that's going on there um, and hearing people's stories. And Pastor Chris, you talk about um, hearing people's story and understanding that quite a bit. How would you approach uh, that sort of conversation and not 
you, we don't want to shy away from the theological apologetic responses, but we can't, I think, get there too soon and not do justice to that person as an image bearer and where their soul's at. Yeah, I think you, you got to hear their story out and empathize with it. I mean, I think of, you know, when I was in L.A., my neighbors, uh, two guys that were there talking to them about, you know, about the gospel. And we're sitting there and, I mean, these became friends of ours and adopted the two guys, adopted a girl and became friends with our family. And I just remember going through their story and, and you know, explaining the gospel to them is like we just all we've known. They grew up in a Catholic church and they had their own kind of skewed view of who God was and yeah. God's just out to get them. And, you know, there's no way you can get out from underneath the amount of rubble that you have built up in your life. And so what's the point? I mean, that was kind of where they were. And so once you kind of start hearing that out, you empathize. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm so sad that, that that's how you feel or that's how you've heard or that's how you've been taught about who God is. Um, so you got to, in order to start where they're coming from, you got to hear what, what is, what is their understanding of God? What is their circumstances they've gone through? Um, you know, I think, I think a part of it is empathizing, you know, it's, I think it's Job five where it speaks of, uh, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. I've seen a handful of campfires in my life. Um, just a handful, just a handful. <laughs> and, uh, but I am familiar with the fact that sparks do fly up, uh, from the campfire and, um, you know, and that's, uh. I know it's funny, but I, I do have some camping analogies right there. So um, anyway, but it's true. I mean, that's, you, you sit there, you see the sparks go. And that, that is, we're all in the same situation. We all experience trouble. Why? Because we're all part of this fallen world. And we all contribute to it. Um, and so I think there's an empathy part of that going, yeah, I, I've suffered as well. I usually, personally, for me, I'll tell my story in that one. Like, I'll go through and explain, look, it was a time when I was 18 that, I didn't even know if God existed. And if he did exist, I didn't like him very much. And I remember sitting in my bed and literally holding my fist tight and pumping in the air going like, well, if you exist, you know, and I probably said some choice words back then I can't say on the, uh, the podcast, but it was like, you know, I was, I was angry because life was so bad and everything was going wrong. Like everything was going wrong. And uh, I mean, I didn't even know if God existed, but even if he did, I hated him. <laughs> Because I was I was equating my circumstances of life. What I didn't realize, going to kind of Eddie's earth part, was what God ended up doing. With I look back now at my story, and I can see how all God was doing was peeling away, pulling away, you know, the kind of the death grip in my hands of the things I was idolizing, the things that I was trying to build life around. And God lovingly, again, not the time that I see this, but God lovingly was pulling those things out of my hands and saying, you know, basically, Chris, you can't you can't build a life on this. You can't build an identity on this. These things aren't gonna, you know, in the storms of life these aren't going to keep you afloat. They're going to sink you, right? I mean, you, you need, you need me. And so really I was so stubborn, hardheaded, God had to keep pounding on me to kind of take away everything that I could lean on. Um, you know, and, and ultimately God used, God used, God used relationships. God used people that were generally cared about me and generally, um, cared that I existed and I was alive. And, um, that started me kind of on the path of going, okay, I'd be interested in hearing more. And then, you know, theological side, I mean, you got to go to, I mean, to me, it's it all what comes down to the wisdom of God on this one. Um, you know, a lot of times we have these, these, you know, uh, kind of conversations around it. It's usually coming down to, is God wise or is he not? And again, if we kind of usually want both ends, we want, we want kind of a God that is loving and good um, and we want to, and, you know, and we want to God is sovereign, but we want to make sure he operates in ways that is good for us. So our perspective, yeah, yeah. our perspective of what is good 
it's usually the perceived problem. And I always try to make that analogy with a parent to a child. Yeah. You know, my, my children, they were young, thought, you know, the best thing in the world would be to eat a candy bar every day, all day long for every meal. Like that, that seems good to me. Dad, why are you saying no to me? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, well, again, if God is big enough and strong enough and wise enough to be over us and knows beginning from end, as Isaiah is going to speak, then surely he can have ways about doing things that we don't understand. Um, and may not ever understand because he's, he's wiser than we are, right? And so it's like we're children. And so there's a sense of that, too, of just kind of we can, even with an unbeliever, they can kind of understand that parallel if they have kids. Like, yeah, there's stuff going on there that we don't understand. Well, that's what Psalm 29 demonstrates is that God, God, um, that creation responds to him. He, he is worthy because he is the one that is creator. So we have a responsibility to him. And when we have a responsibility to him, he's our creator, then yeah, he's going to know things that we don't know. He's going to see things differently than we see. And at times that can be unnerving just to kind of just let go and let him know. I mean, most of the time when we hear your, the analogy you just gave of, well, it's like a father and a kid. Well, I don't want anybody calling me a kid. I'm not a kid. I'm a grown man. Now that's kind of an uncomfortable position to be in, in a selfish standpoint. But really, in a bigger picture of things, you know, it's it can be very comforting to know, like, no, we have a loving father who's trying to look out for us. You might say a good, good father. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at you quoting all the CCM today. <laughs> I would say this, too, and this is where you, if I'm apologetic, where you really have to go. Um, even for a believer or unbeliever, it doesn't matter. But you still go to the cross and you still yeah. go to go, like, yeah. do you understand that God is not like any other religion? He's not sitting up in a you know, a high tower somewhere looking down, throwing lightning bolts. He doesn't yeah. stay on his throne. Right. He left his throne right. and came and he, to us. He, he, and he came, he took on human flesh yeah. and lived among us. He suffered yeah. with us, not just for us, which we'll get to in a minute, but he suffered with us. Yeah. He walked the same ground. Right. He suffered the same losses. Um, he experienced the pains of life and heartbreak and all the things that go along with that. And then he experienced physical suffering and death. And, yeah. you know, on a cross, he went through all of that. Um, and surely you look at that and it's like, yeah, that's, that was chaos. I mean, that was, I mean, the, it went dark, the earth shook, like it was, it looked like from a human perspective, like complete, utter chaos. Like, what is God doing? Right. What is the father doing that they would allow this to happen? I mean, you want to, you mean, you want to take the parallels down. There's nothing that can happen in our life that isn't to the extent that what happened to Jesus himself. Right. And yet it wasn't chaos. Right. I mean, it was all part of like Acts 2, like, even though man did this, God had also predestined to have this happen. Like this is all part of man's responsibility at God's design. And, um, and so you look at that and go back to the cross, be like, we serve a God. There's a God that's alive and is living that is speaking. As you mentioned, like that actually has gone through what you have gone through, if not more, um, in order to reach you in order to, you know, as Hebrews four says to be a sympathetic high priest. Um, and that's just a unique beauty of Christianity is that, is that 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 is radically different than any other worldview out there. And I think you're touching on to to go back to the question to make sure we answer that effectively. Um, When you're talking to somebody who has gone through those storms, maybe those storms were caused by the church in their perspective, the best things to do is to sympathize and empathize with the emotions that they're feeling. Don't try and make excuses for the church. Don't try and solve the problem that they may have faced really the better approach is to feel that pain with them i mean that's the beauty of a psalm is it's 
you, there's an emotion there to empathize with. Um, and so as you might interact with somebody who has gone through the storm, feel like God might be responsible for it or, or whatever the case may be, a lot of times it's just you know, helping them realize that God sympathizes with that pain, with that emotion. And, and so do you. Hear them, listen to them, cry with them. Don't just try and solve their problem. Yeah, I mean, 1 Peter 3.15 is the classic apologetics verse. Always be prepared to give a defense. Um, and we, we love to jump onto what it means to give a defense. And it's a legal term. And yet, But the verse falls, yet do this with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. I think gentleness Season and respect is, is, the, is the empathy that you're speaking to. Um, and so usually we would wrap up the podcast with some book recommendations. Um, but I don't know if that's maybe the most helpful, given what you just said about the need for empathy and sympathy. Um, so well, let's change it. What have you done? Um, what have you experienced that helps you to grow in empathy that somebody else could say, hey, here's a step I'm going to take this week. I just want to be a more empathetic person um, in general and certainly would apply to these kinds of conversations as well. I think you have, you have to be around, serve, find a way to be involved with people who are suffering. Right. So maybe that is visiting, you know, Brownsburg Meadows. Maybe that is going downtown to serve at the mission. Um, but you got to find ways to be around suffering. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we live in Brownsburg, Indiana. Right. I mean, there's a little bit of a bubble there in terms of, um, you know, safety and ease of life in general. Right. It's not externally. There's a lot of suffering, but externally it, it seems pretty moderate. So you got to go find places where you can you can be around human suffering, and be able to to see it. Uh, you know, one of the most impactful things my wife never did. I mean, it's not necessarily very practical for people, but you know, we went to the Philippines, and then we were working with the um, the children who live at the trash heaps. And you want to talk about you know perspective and empathy and suffering and being able to come alongside of them and hug them and carry them around. Like, I mean, that's you know that those kind of things really help get you give you perspective too because that's part of what empathy is going to come from is just perspective you just got to have perspective and see that you know life is life is really hard and there are a lot of a lot of suffering out there and people do hurt and there's a lot of pain so i think it's some of the things is finding those ways that you can be around that yeah looking for ways to be in and around those that are hurting and suffering pastor Eddie, what, what would you add to that this is kind of a hard one. I, I just from my own life, probably one of the most impactful moments of learning empathy. Um, I remember sitting with my grandpa when he was literally on his deathbed. And I thought this was my last conversation with him and it ended up being my last conversation with him. He just was like sharing a lot of life wisdom with me. And there's something about sitting with somebody you love and care about who is coming to the end of life puts tons into perspective. Um, and one of the, he said a lot to me, and one of the things that really has always stuck with me is, um, you know, we were talking just months after I graduated college, and he was really proud of me that I'd finished college and everything, but he, he looked at me and he said, son, don't be an educated fool. Just cry with people. Just cry with them. Um, and that's always really stuck with me of just, yeah, I just go sit with people hear their story, feel their emotion with them, weep with them. And that does something with for your soul, and it does something for their soul also. 
Yeah, one thing I might add is, you know, I think you guys hinted at this and I've come out as I desire to be a more empathetic person. Um, and one of the ways I've tried to grow in that is to recognize people that I perceive to be empathetic and just take them out to lunch and say, man, I sense that you see people in a really unique way. How have you come to, to see some of these people in this way? And just let them, but when I hear them talk about what they see, I recognize that I'm seeing a different world. And I see what they seem like. Wow, there's a lot of validity to that. Uh, Pastor Jared's a guy like that for me. That the more I hear him talk about the way he sees people, it just changes my perspective. And then I realize I have a lot to repent of and I have to go talk to God about that. <laughs> uh, but it's good for me. Uh, any, any final comments on this question um, before we close the podcast? Well, we do hope it's been helpful. Uh, you can always reach out to one of the pastors if you have further questions. You have been listening to You Ask.